Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of The Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. Joining me to help wipe Gary Neville's Torres goal celebration off the walls of The Podding Shed, to poke fun at the possession statistics freaks, disciples of the Church of the Latter-day Barsicists, as defined by Tony on our blog, and anyone else who isn't filled with ecstatic joy at the prospect of meeting Bayern Munich on their own patch in the Champions League final, are Grocer Jack, who is Tony, Evening. Mark25, who is Mark, Hello. and Dr. Blue Bayou, who is Donal. Gents, good evening. good evening. We'll touch briefly on the Arsenal game. Nil-nil, not terribly interesting, and a game we might have won had we had the luxury of being able to fill the full-strength side as Arsenal did. Well, when your season is pretty much finished six weeks before the big clubs, you can do that kind of thing, eh, Arsene? <laughs> frankly, an early kickoff against Frankly, an early kickoff against Barcelona light when you have the real thing a couple of days later doesn't exactly set the pulse racing. Mark, I believe you, uh, you've trolled a few Arsenal blogs and um, have, a, have a few words for them. Indeed. Yes, I've trawled some Arsenal blogs and also listening to various chat shows on TalkSport and you're on Sky Sports in the evenings. The place seems infested with Arsenal fans just ringing up to express their bitterness and disgust at our success. How terrible. And I, I don't understand why they hate us so much. And the general theme is that they sort of congratulate us through gritted teeth of getting there. But we haven't done it in the right way and we don't deserve uh. it. And whoever we're playing next is who they're supporting. And, you know, Fabregas, obviously a gooner, did say after the um, Barcelona game that he was glad that um, they'd stuck to their principles and lost in the right way. And I think that seems to be the general sentiment <laughs> of Arsenal fans, that they do it right and that they're technically superior. It's a and cult, it's of, isn't it? It is a bit. And it sort of reminds me when I was younger, you, you're probably too young to remember um, videotapes, <laughs> but, but I was obsessed just, just about. With, um, yeah, just about. Yeah, I was obsessed with Betamax for some reason. I kept buying these Betamax recorders, thinking they were technically superior. But every time I went down to the video shop, there was about forty shelves of VHS tapes and eight Be- Betamax tapes stuck in the corner. And sometimes you just have to accept that actually being technically superior isn't enough, and it's all about winners. And uh, Fabregas and Gunas are definitely Betamax tapes. And obsolete. Excellent. You're trying to pretend to be a young man there, aren't you, Mark? Because <laughs> cause well, really, really, really you would I have really talked about to... 8-track stereo. I did want to talk about um, scratching wax, out wax, uh, cylinders uh, wax cylinder, various <laughs> theme tunes, but I, I didn't think you'd be able to relate to that. <laughs> as, Danny, it's, it's as Danny Baker would say, one for the teenagers there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Remember I, I linked to that thing where you, you could hear Bismarck on a wax cylinder? <laughs> yeah. Did you, do you remember that? I, I, I do, found yeah. it on a British library or somewhere. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, you heard Bismarck and one other old German. And, uh, yeah, it brought back memories of my youth. There you go. <laughs> um, I, th- I think that, Mark, that analogy makes our point perfectly. And I'm, something I've no doubt we will touch upon later when we talk about the other game we had this week. And, get ready... So to Tuesday night. (laughs) 
I thought I'd give it a longer blast. This I, I, I think I did, the, the, the occasion warrants it myself. Um, <laughs> Tuesday night, an experience, frankly, almost po- impossible to put into words. But let's be honest, we've got an hour and there's four of us and we're all with bags, so we'll give it a bash. <laughs> it's one of those games, as, um, as, as Pete Watts, esteemed contributor to the blog, commented that every every team has one of those games in their locker, the game where against all odds you triumph um, a remarkable night and, and probably one of the best in um, in Chelsea's history if not the best um, to go even with a 1-0 lead to the new Camp, we still weren't particularly fancied, certainly the bookies were reasonably cautious about our chances um, and when you're 2-0 down against the best footballing side in the world and with 10 men, you're probably all thinking this is going to be an awful hiding. Not a bit of it. Each of us will ramble about our, um, our experiences of the night. Uh, Mark, we'll start off with you. Give us your thoughts. Generally, overall, and then we'll, we'll touch on individual points and such like to go on with. Well, it was a memorable night. And I think when I look back over my... 45, 50 years of supporting Chelsea, there are a few memorable nights and they all seem to hinge around games where the odds are against. So the, the games I remember particularly well are like the 1970 Cup Final, 1971 the um, semi-final against Bruges in the Cup Winners' Cup when we were 2-0 down and we came back to win 4-2. Liverpool coming back to win 4-2 and it's games like that. Mm. And and what it rate made me realise, and watching the game last night, which actually was excruciating, I was squirming in my seat and my leg was twitching, trying to kick every ball out of the box as it arrived in. It, there's a very very fine line between pleasure and pain. Mm. And what, what supporting a football club really is a sort of legitimate way of joining a sadomasochistic club that your wife won't disapprove of and one where you don't have to take your clothes off unless you support Newcastle of course because they always take their tops off or have you willy nailed to a bit of wood like those blokes did a few years back indeed (laughs) whatever floats your boat obviously (laughs) and I mean it really for um, 89 minutes of that you can't really define that as enjoyment no it was was endurance it was endurance not enjoyment and then it's 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 um, 89 minutes of um, agony and hard work, followed by 30 seconds of pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose really, I can almost feel what's coming. To be, able to, well, to be able to last for 89 minutes, you know, I'm getting old, and um, I'm not, not as fit as I used to be. But it was still a good. It was still a good turn. I thought. Well, well said. Um, I, th- I think I've just had an insight I wasn't expecting there. <laughs> um, Unassisted frankly, by Viagra, I'm assumed. Frankly, um, <laughs> frankly, the stuff is overrated, but it stops you rolling out of bed in the morning. Um, <laughs> while, I, while I compose myself, Tony, your, your, brief, your brief thoughts on the night before we go into more detail. Um, well, um, I think I, I, I've documented it on the blog, um, which was a, a kind of... Mixture yeah. of a stream of consciousness, tiredness, ecstasy, well. um, and, and various things, and I, I, I still had this whole thing around. You know, I'm a man of logic and science and, and 
you know, but there's gods of sweet revenge, and uh, uh, they were with us that night. And um, I, I, I think I said it on there when Ramirez scored. I think I was probably the only child. I put the television back on its stand and, um, <laughs> and rearranged the other parts of the room, and then proceeded to put my head in my hands and say to myself. What have you just gone and done? <laughs> why, oh why, oh why? Them, you? Yes, you've annoyed them, and you have sown the seeds of false hope among thousands of Chelsea fans. You, you've, you, it's like, yeah, we've done this before. It's the hope that kills you. Yeah, mm. you know the, the the thing about Stamford Bridge and, and Chelsea in general. Abandon hope all year, and, and I was just sitting there thinking, you idiot. You know, just, this could have been a clean kill. I, I did the same when Frank Lampard scored against Portugal for England. So, I don't know, back in 2004 or something, in the Euros, I can't remember which one it was. And we were dead and buried, and he went and scored and bloody equalised and took it to extra time. And I, I just sat there thinking, we're not good enough. They're going to do us. And all you've, you've just done upset is, the gods of football. You've just prolonged the agony. Uh, but it was a fab, fabulous night. So I, I think it's well said. Um, I... I run the white flag up the pole, didn't watch the second half, um, did the, you know, um, la-la-la-la equivalent by turning off everything, making sure that no one was going to ring me or anything, no one could get hold of me. Um, I passed the time watching an episode of QI um, and then turned my phone on. Um, about five minutes, I figured, or around about the time, and my phone went into overdrive and uh, a, a mate of mine from work rang me. He never rings me unless it's good. Never rings me, and I knew at that point. Um, and, and then I sort of watched the game back. But I, the first half, and I, I, I think I said it in the blog, you know, when you watch the game, when you watch it back, and I'm, I've ordered a, a, a kit that will allow me to transfer my recorded games to DVD from the V Plus box, um, and that'll be the first one that gets done. It, it was a joy. I've watched it back again since and it's joyous it's just fabulous and there's like the best crafted plays in the world you know the mm. Shakespeare plays and that sort of thing um, it's actually a, a, a beautiful work of art there are everything's in there turning points you know there's the, 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 everything there and a denouement or denouement I don't know how you pronounce that word you know which was just you couldn't have scripted it you couldn't have scripted no, it and I, I, I said on the blog and, and it's one of my favourite ever football quotes from Alex Ferguson. Football, eh? Bloody hell. And mm. It just says it all. Well, and said in the new camp as well. Yes. As he yeah. did. Yeah, well, really. was it really? It was, it was after the, the Champions League final in 99. That's when he said it. Ah, right. And it's, it's one of my absolute favourites as well. It's, you know, for, for, what, for whatever we think of the old goat, it, it just simply summed the whole damn thing up. Yes, it does, um, yes. Donal, a, a quick blast from you before we um, we go on to the the game itself and picking the bones out of it and so forth. Um, yeah, I, I take quite an. I, I know most people are giving the players and, and Di Matteo quite a lot of credit for this, but you know I quietly am fairly sure that it was all down to me because <laughs> I, I I didn't stay at home. I couldn't stay at home and try and watch it. I only have poor people's television. So I couldn't watch it on a stream, you know, some old shonky stream because, of course, I'm a law-abiding citizen. And so off I went down the lower Clapton Road and uh, <clears throat> two choices confronted me. I could go left into a small emporium called Biddle Brothers, which is a converted, it used to be like a, a contractor's office, and it's quite a trendy bar, they have a bit of music in there. And I'd recently watched Man City, Chelsea in there, 
the night we went down 1-0 in about 30 seconds and similar to Tuesday night we're then expecting to get absolutely mullered the only problem was that that night there was not that many people in there and they're all Arsenal supporters and, and Tottenham supporters making nasty quips about our lovely team and I, w- I went in the doorway because I thought I'll watch it in Biddle Brothers because of the Man City thing and it was a bit crowded and something made me turn around and go across to the Windsor Castle which from the outside is not a very salubrious looking establishment and if you don't live in Hackney and you were driving down the road or walking down the road thinking I fancy a pint you wouldn't go in there <clears throat> but in actual fact it's a fine establishment although run by a gooner who was wearing a Barcelona shirt as I went in the door <laughs> it was pack, place packed full there's, there's a lot of African uh, you know either people who have immigrated here or born here but you know are, are of African or an Afro-Caribbean origin and a lot of them big football fans obviously big on drug Barresian so the place was packed full of these and packed full of other people and all sorts and it's always good fun in there because you know it never gets out of hand and there's a lot of banter and I turned in there and as I went in the door you know I was still full of trepidation but I was comforted by the thought that I've seen some very good performances in there and we won the double I was in there the day we won we won the Premier League on a way to winning the double when we beat Wigan 7-0 so I sort of felt good for a while until it all started to go halfway, but it was absolutely fantastic in there, and the place just—it it seemed to get fuller and fuller as the night went on. And when I looked around as Torres was scoring, some people had brought their kids in. I think you know they'd sort of actually been listening on the radio and realised that you know Chelsea were hanging on and sort of rushed out the door and run out and had to drag the kids in with them, and the place just went bananas. And after it had cleared out, and time went on. There's this guy there who's a Barcelona fan. He was actually from just outside Barcelona. And he was really, we had a great old chat and a good old laugh. It was it was fantastic. But, you know, I I couldn't have watched that at home like Mark did because it would have just, it would have done for me. Being there in the pub, plenty of Guinness readily available just kept me going through it. But it was, yeah, I, you'll never forget it. The Torres thing, I was just slapping my hand on the bar going, <laughs> Do not believe this. You know, sort of choking as the whole pub is just screaming and chairs falling over and people yelling. It's mm. magic, magic night. I think. I think for me, for, for my for Penneth on the whole thing, there were there were two things that we, we've touched upon. One of them already, but there were two things that that kind of summed the whole thing up in the sense that irrespective of your tribal loyalties and you know whether you wanted Chelsea to go through or you wanted Barcelona to go through whatever it happened to be it was simply a game of football for football fans it had absolutely everything dramas sending offs penalty misses you know astonishing football great goals just everything you want and Gary Neville's (laughs) noise as as, as we should probably refer to it um, was, was one part of it. Um, my cousin, who is a Spurs fan, uh, who is only obviously just recently resurfaced after I... <laughs> the one that wouldn't talk to you. In yes, after I, dro- after, after I dropped him a note or two um, yeah. following, uh, following um, <laughs> out of concern. Journal, he yeah, was out of concern, you, out of concern, obviously, yeah. Um, and he did, actually, he did actually admit to me, he said, uh, when Torres scored, I was out of my seat. He said it was just a... Astonishing to watch, you know. And, th- and this is a man who, frankly, you know, he won't be rooting for Bayern Munich, but he doesn't want to see us win it. But he said, just as a, as a, as a football moment, 
you simply could not equal it. It, was, it just had everything. It, it, it was drama. It had subplot because Torres obviously has had a fairly torrid time, and you know half the world was thinking, "Oh Christ, he's going to miss, and it will finish his career completely. They'll go up the other end and score, and will be ruined, and it will finish." <laughs> off. You know the usual the usual stuff that goes through your oh, head well, at moments. I, I imagine Torres might have been thinking that himself, to be quite. I, yes, I suspect <laughs> he probably wasn't the calmest man on the pitch at the time, but um, but uh, you know. Extraordinary, extraordinary. And the, the funny thing is, everyone says, you know, uh, Messi missed a penalty. And it was, I think, a turning point in that I think some of the air went out of him at the time. Mm. But even if he'd scored, you know, unbelievable as it might be, we, we were still in the game because we still only needed yeah. to score a goal. Yes. We could have lost there by a goal and still gone through. But- once we got, you know, once we got back from that 2-0 to the 2-1 and, and the game went on and on. I mean, I was still convinced that they were, they were just leaving it later and later just to make the pain, a bit like you were saying, Tony, just to make the pain worse. But all the time in the back of my mind was the idea that, you know, at least score with 10 or 15 minutes to go, then you might get an attack of nerves and we might, you know, scramble something off someone's backside, you know. Uh, but, you know... That, that was what was in my mind all the time, was at least let them score with giving us 10 minutes to go. And as it got nearer and nearer, I just thought, it's going to be Stamford Bridge all over again. Yeah, They're going to score in the last minute. You know, I, I, it just, I thought Messi, he's such a fine footballer. that He obviously thought, this penalty is too early in the game. You know, <laughs> this isn't going to give them enough pain. I'll just chip that one against the bar. And we'll come back and finish them off with a minute to go. I, th- I, I, I don't. I think there's no better example of the importance <laughs> of not giving away the away goal. That mm. you know that was. Yeah. You, now, when you look back on it, you, you you absolutely see just the 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 level of importance that that really does have. As, as stupid as a rule it might be, but you know it, it, it it's the same for everybody. And I think that. You know that that really showed it, and and I go back to what you were saying there that you you know you were watching it live, and therefore you know it looked like you know Barcelona were the the archetypal sort of you know Tom toying with Jerry until the point where it's you know where I've had enough now, so I'm just going to kill you. Um, and watching it back, um, not only just after the game, um, but having watched it again in full, um, I, I thought the penalty was the second and final turning point. It was the bit that didn't only deflate Messi, it deflated the whole Barcelona team. Because after that, you know, I came up with the analogy of, um, you know, trying to take down a Scottish granite castle using snowballs. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what it started to look like. And and, and, and there was, a, there was a, a... You could see the decline in the fact that they had no other option. They, they, they refused to do anything any other way. Mm. And that whole Einsteinian quote just came back to me thinking, you know, they're, 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 they're hamsters on the wheel here. They're mm. just going through. They're, 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 they're trying to get through something. and They're going mad. And their, mm. their passing started to fall apart a bit. The, uh, the, the shots became a bit wilder. The frustration was there. And, and the, 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 think- if you were painting a picture... If you were an artist, to see the line of five and the line of four that Chelsea had across, you know, one side of our penalty <coughs> box and the other side, yeah, it's, it's 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 it's. I'm not a mathematician, but it's it's geometric. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's it's a work of art. 
Mm. It's in, it's interesting. It's an interesting point. The I, I I completely get what you're saying in terms of it. You know, it's it's that immovable granite wall. I always tend to look on the other side, and I can't remember who wrote this. So it might be Martin Samuel. Who, who, we admire as a football writer because he does not run with the pack and, and incidentally his coverage of this game and the run up to it has been exceptional you know, yes, it, means, yeah. it, means, it means visiting the Daily yeah. Mail website which is not pleasant but yeah. it's, 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 it's well, superb apparently the, Va- the Vatican has issued a statement saying that uh, okay. you have indulgence for one <laughs> visit per day if only to read Martin Samuel I think I think the point he made it may have been about Barcelona it may have been Arsenal when they were actually a wee bit better than they are well considerably better than they are now um, was that it's like a game of Tetris in that eventually it will get you but my point about that excellent point is though it is my thinking on that is well f- football has a time limit yeah it reaches the point where you can play no more. Tetris will just go on until it beats you, or you know you, you yeah. sit there for the yeah. rest of your life. You. Football isn't like that, and, and whilst I see the analogy, mm. it, you know both both sides of it are correct. I think um, I think what what struck me about what Tony's saying about the, the sort of lack of a plan B, obviously, Athletic Bilbao are not at the level that Barcelona are at, but for a team that we sort of admired and watched, you know. Uh, take United apart they're not a pure tic-a-tac-a team but they, they, they do pass the ball in triangles, they do work the ball up the pitch, they do press very hard but they have Lorente in the middle and you know they can work the ball out wide swing it in and Lorente will get on the end of it and Barcelona have sort of you know they've had good you know largish forwards in the past but they, they've almost abandoned that and I, I find that a bit strange that they would you know, Chelsea stayed narrow. Barcelona could go wide, but they had no no one in the middle to you know and to abandon what's a classic footballing move just seemed very strange to me. And, it, and it, I think it cost them because if they had if they could have gone wide and swept the ball into a couple of target men, I don't think we could have survived those two games. But it was no. because you knew if they went out wide, the ball would come in low. Um, and if you stayed narrow and they tried to come up the middle, it was all about trying to stay with them, deny them the space and track them back, you know, which doesn't always work. And, and they scored two goals the other night, but it is something that you can work on and work out and know what they're going to do. Mm. And it never changes. Well, I think, um, I mean, it's just before we sort of crack on with the game, actually the game itself, if I've always wondered, you know, if Xavi and Iniesta, and I've got a feeling this was a point that was made on the blog, if Xavi and Iniesta had been a couple of strapping six-foot Ibrahimovic-type centre-forwards, you know, would the Barcelona methodology be different? You know, would they have pursued what they pursue now, albeit with different players, or... You see my point, you know. Yeah. It's, it's 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 hypothetical. But I, I understand. But they could keep those. It's it's the fact that they've got someone. You know, I'm not crying in, but say Sanchez up front or whatever. And I don't mean that they have to have Tony Cascarino or someone. But you know, just you know, have that other option. Have have you know, most teams try and have a mixture, don't they? And and they've almost they've almost gone with the sort of you know complete. They could all you know walk under. Yeah. under a bar set at, you know, five foot three. Why not have a couple of, you know, 
taller people in the team. It just well, fo- football footballers are becoming quite generic anyway. I have a friend who works in the game, and he said, you know, it's interesting over the course of the last ten, fifteen years, you meet footballers now, and they're all five foot ten. You know, ten stone, reasonably well toned. You know, you don't get a Julian Dix anymore. That you know, they're simply there's the odd one or two, maybe in the lower divisions, but by and large, the top leagues around Europe mm. are they're, they're sort of honed athletes, and a lot of them you could see. You know, frankly, if if Xavi wasn't playing football, he'd probably be you know Rafael Nadal. He'd be a, he'd be a tennis player or whatever. You know, it's just that sort of very athletic kind of build that lends itself to sport of whatever type. That's you know. It's not ramble on that. But anyway, Jonathan, can I just interject? Yeah, I don't know if it's me, but your voice seems to be getting quieter and quieter as this call goes on. Is it? it, okay. it ah, that's better. It's that's better, better, yeah. yeah. Mm. I didn't know I if you were, um, I think if Mike... you were transposing it to VHS and then broadcasting <laughs> it back by a microphone. <laughs> but I just want to say, he was trying to recreate the sound of the wax cylinder. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, of Bismarck coming to like us through a, the ages. It's like, like an audio the, version of Instagram. It's like you'd gone back into a detuned radio. I'm, I'm sepia toned. Um, I think the, the, the problem being, without wishing, to, without wishing to, to ramble on it, is that the microphone on my headset slips down, um, ah. unfortunately. So um, I shall. So you're not, you weren't up. actually trying to do an impression of Gary Neville there then. Um, (laughs) right anyway the game itself um we we started off you know as we expected not in a great deal of possession um gary cahill um obviously it was it was a loss on the night and which ultimately didn't cost us a huge amount but in terms of whether he is fit over the next um you know over the the course of the next three weeks or so could have quite a big impact on how we play in Munich and, and before them because um, it looked like a hamstring injury. It looked fairly nasty. Um, he struggled on for a little while. Um, so we lost one centre-back. Um, Barcelona hammered away and hammered away and, and Busquets eventually got the breakthrough. Um, and just as you thought it couldn't get any worse, John Terry. Um, <clears throat> we, we could probably ramble all night about this. For me, I, 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 I'll criticise him where it's, it's necessary to do so. It, it looked very much like one of those silly rush of blood to the head moments, probably a bit exaggerated by by both him and Sanchez himself. Um, it looked like the sort of thing that had there not been 150 cameras on it, and you know you're you're in the new camp, so you should you should bear that in mind. Probably the sort of thing that goes on in most leagues on most Saturday or afternoon, stroke Sunday or whenever they happen to play. Um, it's just that. Sanchez exaggerated it, Terry got caught and eventually after making a bit of a twat of himself at half time saying I'm not that sort of player, did apologise and um, and so on from there um, I suspect that um, given the result he, he's got away with it because had we lost given everything that's, that's gone before with, with Terry this season I think patience is probably running a little thin with him um, Tony, your, your, your thoughts on um, on JT and that Im- the impact on the tie as it would appe- have appeared at the time. Yeah, um, I, I mean, you know, I think the loss of Cahill, uh, I'm praying that the fact the guy walked off and managed to jog means that the injury isn't too bad. And I mm. think, you know, I think we should happily live without him um, and both him and Louise, if necessary, should be wrapped in cotton wool um, until the final. And uh, we get by yeah. with... Uh, uh, Ivanovic, I think, will be back after the QPR game, and he's good at centre back. And I think Basingwa, oddly enough, who's uh, 
when he's played at centre back and he's done it twice now, it appears. Um, we talked earlier on where was he actually playing before we we went officially live on the podcast. But um, you know, listening to the Chelsea players' um, interviews in the mixed zone afterwards, I got the impression that he'd gone to centre back. Yes, I think so. um, yeah. and they thought he had. Um, watching the game back, it looked to me like he had. He did a sterling job when he did that against Tottenham. And, uh, you know, maybe the guy isn't as bad as we think. And we, we or whoever, is playing him out of position. It has to be noted that um, Barcelona suffered from the loss of PK. Um, yeah. I think he's probably um, as, as almost as, as towering a figure for them as, as JT has been for us. And um, I, I did a, an article for the web, the official website, and I... I just changed the one from the blog a little bit and said about Puyol, who for me, you cue the crafty about, plug. Well, you, yeah, the crafty <laughs> plug. Where I do plug this podcast and everything, I get our plugs. I'm, 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 a, I'm a great cross dresser, uh, advertiser. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you're right, first time. Yeah, out of that closet with Crouchy again. Absolutely. But what I, what I, was, what I said on there was that um, I, you know, I mean, you talk about the five foot ten athletic footballer Puyol. For me is uh, he, he in that dressing room it must be like having Lemmy in a room full of Peter Andres you know <laughs> he, he he's he's a caveman and I like him um, and but they lost PK uh, and you know I, I take your point that sort of thing happens week in week out in football okay but John Bloody Terry silly. John I, I described it as an act of monumental stupidity because it was and, and yeah. it's, oh, no. you know if I was doing fighting talk and you know trying to defend the indefensible I, I, I'd struggle with it because for me he's got the officials behind the goal he's got every camera in that stadium on it and the eyes of 80,000 people watching that game and millions around the world okay now irrespective of Sanchez and the Barcelona style, which it does involve exaggeration. Let's let's not beat about the bush. Okay, they pretty much got Real Madrid out of the competition last year on the basis that they looked like they'd been shot by snipers every time someone went near them. Um, but John Terry should have known that you can't yeah. do that to a player like that. So his experience should have said, "Don't even, don't do it. Don't go anywhere near it." Don't go at there. that point. Yeah. Now on the other side of it. I am not convinced that had JT stayed on that pitch, we would have done as well because that galvanised us. We got to half-time. We were shell-shocked after he went off. There's no question about it. Heads dropped. I'm sure a couple of people made some comments. I'm fairly sure Frank Lampard's initial look at John Terry was like, you know, you idiot. Along the lines of... Yeah, along the lines of Mikel with Drogba in the QPR game earlier in the season. However, what I would say is that the Ramirez goal was remarkable, a fabulous goal to grace any stadium, any game in the world. The, the man started the move, played it to Frank, and then finished it. So is that a one-two? I don't know. Uh, whatever it was, it was a fabulous piece of whatever. And we got to half-time. I, I want to know what RDM said to them at half-time um, because they, they something happened and they were far more galvanised when they came back out and. Um, I just think the whole JT, um, and I'm not going to berate the bloke too much because he is paying pretty much the biggest personal penalty that he probably could for a man with his ambition and he's his desire. And, and, and he won't get, I, you know... It, he's not going to get another We might get there next maybe. year. We, we might get there next year. Who knows? But 
there's no guarantee he'll be captain next year. Um, and you have to wonder what the powers in being Chelsea thought of that at the time because it was it it was inexcusable, inexcusable. Yeah. Um, Mark, your um, your your take on um, our, um, our our loss of centre backs, including JT, and then um, the the revised formation. Yeah, well, with JT, I mean, what he did was stupid. Um, it's difficult for me to criticise John Terry because. I think, really, there are only two players I can say I've seen in all my time watching Chelsea who have always given 100% in every single game, and that's John Terry and Ron Harris. Mm. And would we have won so much over the last seven or eight years had it not been for John Terry fighting for absolutely every single ball, dragging us from the brink when we looked like we were going to go out against Barcelona when he scored the fourth goal in our 4-2 win a few years back yeah. or, or sticking his head on the end of an Arsenal boot to try and get a winner for us in a League Cup final you know he's given everything to Chelsea but he has done some very very silly things <clears throat> excuse me on and off the pitch yeah which has sort of tarnished his reputation and you know it's a bit like Zidane his last game was a World Cup final and when you go and ask people what's their memory of Zidane as a player, you know, 50% of the people will say, well, it was head-butting what's-his-face in the chest. Yeah. yeah and appreciate. when people are asked in a few years' time, you know, what do you remember of John Terry? <laughs> well, it'll be what he called um, Anton Ferdinand, allegedly. Um, affairs with various women. And kneeing some Spaniard in the back of his thigh 15 minutes into a... Uh, Champions League semi-final and those aren't the things really that he deserves he to be, be remembered, remembered for because he has been a fantastic player and a fantastic servant yeah. for us yeah that's yeah. no, very true with, with regard to um, Cahill sorry Tony with, with regard to Cahill um, I mean he, he did brilliantly for the home leg against Barcelona um, he started alright I mean we are desperately short we really really need him to get fit yeah I don't know if you remember sort of part way through the game um, Lampard did a tackle on Fabregas and yes. Fabregas was lying on the ground underneath Lampard holding onto his thigh yes. did, did you see that? <laughs> yeah. I did yeah well I did see him gently rubbing the upper part of Frank's thigh <laughs> Frank was smiling at the point and I think we should get Sesk over because he's got nothing else to play for this season down to Cobham and he can go and work in the massage department yes <laughs> and try and bring Luis and Cahill back to full fitness <laughs> we, it, it's not that easy because we have to got, we've got to negotiate a um, release clause with a massage parlour where he signed up in Soho apparently but I'm sure that can be arranged <laughs> well he gets he gets to work with the lovely Ava Caniero I, can't, I don't know how to how her surname is pronounced but um, that's not a bad job is it you know physio for Chelsea um, <laughs> Donald, your, your, your thoughts on, um, on on the defensive mess that, that, that faced us upon about sort of 30, 40 minutes? Yeah, I, I, the John Terry thing, when you watch it back, it, 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 you can't say it's innocuous, but it's not like throwing an elbow or, you know, uh, kicking him right up in the air. I, I just find it quite inexplicable because it's not a... Like I say, it's not extreme violence. Uh, it's obviously part of an ongoing. It's you neither, know, isn't it? So, something's been going on between the two of them, but it just didn't seem to be. Um, I, I would have thought he would have waited until there was a moment where it would really be of not more be benefit. Noticed. You know, or, or I don't think there's ever a moment where where it um, where it wouldn't have been noticed in, in that sort of game. And like we were talking the other week about. 
you know, how he told uh, Biori had snot on his nose and we were saying how aware of cameras he seemed to be. And yet, in this moment, that that sort of awareness and self-possession seemed to completely, you know... I mean, everyone's trying to make out, like, this was some heinous, you know, act that he went to the guy with a baseball bat and, you, you know, no one ever does anything vaguely violent on a football pitch. Uh, you know, so there's obviously that massive overreaction. But it... It struck me as inexplicable, and um, yeah, I think it just sort of defines John Terry's footballing career. You know, it's it's a, a, a very very good footballer, someone who seems to be a natural leader, but, but you know, is flawed. Is flawed, and we are all flawed human beings. But you know, there are times to um, to let your flaws get the better of you, and, and other times not. It did, it did stagger me how involved, you know, having been to Stamford Bridge for a couple of European games this season, or more than a couple, it staggered me how involved the uh, guys behind, you know, on the penalty line were in this game. Yeah. As they certainly were involved in that, supposedly. It was either them or the assistant. I'm, I think they did have something to say. And also in the, the penalty, the, the sort of rather poor penalty they gave against Drogba and and having watched them several times this season just stand there all night doing nothing maybe JT thought he could get away with it I don't know I, I it was just one of those moments where you just thought well you know we're done now that's it it's all over yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing I think and I just said to the guy in front of me we never ever finish with 11 men there but this time unlike some of the others you couldn't you know you can't you could say Perhaps it should have been just a yellow or whatever, but you you just can't. You know, the, you're going to get caught enough. Like uh, like um, Relish, you know, he he went in to, to tackle uh, what's his face late on, and the guy just you know jumped over him and then caught his foot on on uh, Morelish's leg, and Morelish now doesn't play in the final. You know, so there'll, there'll be enough damage done to you without searching it out in the way he did and. How we're going to get by now, I, I really don't know because um, we basically, you know, only got the three. You've got Ivanovic domestically still with a band to serve out. Cahill, you know, perhaps cropped for a few weeks. Luis, he's another couple of weeks away, isn't he? As far as I know, I d- apparently he trained. Um, he, he is training now. I don't know whether that's sort of full training with the first team or whatever, but. Um I mean, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised to see Sam Hutchinson out on against QPR. I don't yeah. think play in Europe, can he? But, no, uh, but he's on the squad, and I think he I'd, that wouldn't be a bad shout for me. I mean, I think that yeah, if, no, QPR. RDM said he doesn't gamble, but I think you you may well have to. And I, frankly, I think we should be able to roll out a second team and put them mugs away. But there you go. But you know, I I, 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 I joked. I put a joke line up on the on the blog there. You know, I think I said uh, we'd play with. Um, um, with Cole at left back, Basinga and Essien as centre backs, and uh, Paolo Ferreira as right back, you know, and I was just trying to be vaguely amusing and obviously failed. But I, I'm not quite sure what they'll do. You know, I, I, I don't think you can get away with. I, I did wonder about Essien whether they drop him back there. He, he did play a couple of times previously, didn't he? At, yeah, uh, he played again. He played against Liverpool at centre back once and um, I think we got beat 2-0 I yeah. d- he doesn't have a terribly successful record at um, either does Ferreira centre-half yeah so no, no. Ferreira so Basing was our man really oh, maybe yeah. we just have to go with three at the back yeah Ferreira Ferreira Basing and Cole because that's all we've got yeah. a, rev- a revolutionary formation <laughs> um, 
just in terms of, of what came from there, obviously, you know, the, the second goal went in, which was to, to be to be fair to Barcelona, whilst we have mocked and um, and derided, it, it was exactly what they are about, and it is exactly when they are brilliant. Their second goal was was a, was a perfect example. It was just a very slick passing move, completely opened us up. Um, and at, at that point, a two nil with um, with ten men, you think, well, obviously it's all finished, but. Um, in terms of, of, of sheer simplicity, Ramirez's goal, absolutely fantastic. Um, for me, we'll, we'll go on to our, our player of the tie, but I, I won't be giving too much away. I just think Lampard, over the two legs, in terms of given how much of the ball we had and how, how few opportunities, what he actually made of it over the, the two legs in terms of what he created, you know, that, that pass for Ramirez's goal in the on Tuesday night was was terrific I mean absolutely superb um, it puts us to two one at half time um, obviously we, we sat there at half time and I wasn't particularly looking at flights to Munich um, as you as you generally don't in that kind of, <laughs> that, kind of uh, that kind of environment but um, well, perhaps not for that time of year <laughs> no exactly exactly but we, we come on for the, the second half and, and just when you think things could get any worse lo and behold they do um, Fabregas let's be fair made a little bit too much of it Drogba did stick his boot out a little bit but the more you see it the less like a penalty I thought at the time that it probably was but the more you see it the more it looks like it. he made very little contact and it, it, it was, was an old trailing leg you know sort of it was, an old, it was an old Trafford penalty wasn't it let's be fair mm. it's the sort yeah. of thing that gets given week in week out at Old Trafford and you think Hold on a minute, you know that's outrageous what he's done there, and uh, mm. um, you, you you summed it up perfectly, Donald. You don't need to go looking for trouble at the new camp because they'll mm. find they'll they'll make it look like you've You'll caused get trouble. It. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, but um, but it's interesting, you know, much was made, well, not much, but, but a fair bit was made before the game about. I think it was what seven games that we played against him and Messi hadn't scored. Yeah, um, and <laughs> he, he stepped up for the penalty, and you know, obviously. It, You'd have put down a pound to get back a penny on any yes. betting site to, um, to, you know, on the basis that he is going to score. You you assume Messi from twelve yards is not going to miss, but lo and behold, yeah. um, this most miraculous of lifelines. And I would agree with, I think it was you, Tony, that said, and I think we probably generally all agree, was that was possibly one of the turning points of the game. Is you know he hits the bar, and well, you know we we sit there we we defend resolutely and um, and keep fighting fighting the good fight and you just assume that they are going to get something eventually it's mm. it's Barcelona in the new camp you're down to 10 men you know they need one goal to finish us off and that's it so you just assume it's going to happen mm. um, and they got the offside goal didn't they that you know but yeah that, that's it you know at that point you, you're just thinking well you know that's it it's all finished mm. um We'll fast forward a little bit. I want to talk about the players that are going to miss the final and the debate that's sort of gone up around that, and then we'll, we'll kind of all nominate our, our player of the tie. But, you know, the next sort of, you know, 35, 40 minutes or whatever it was after Messi's penalty was, was pretty much one-way traffic. I don't recall, I, to be honest, I don't recall a huge amount about it anyway. Um, but I don't remember us having much by way of chances. Drogba looked like he was causing them problems, albeit that not, he wasn't getting sort of clear-cut chances. And Kalu, Kalu had a half a, a sniff, didn't he? He, he? Yes. It was just, uh, he probably didn't appreciate that he could have got there. You know, it was one of those sorts of things, you know. Mm. But we did 
yeah, we broke out once or twice, but to no great effect. But you know, it was sort of. But it was, it was, you know, as as has been been suggested, it was the Alamo, it was Rock's Drift, it was it was all of those great defensive rearguard actions. And at two one, even though at two one we're still through, you're sort of thinking, well, it's going to happen. It's you know. The, we are going to be disappointed. It doesn't matter whether it's ten minutes from time or whether it's in the you know the dying seconds of injury time. We are we're going out. You're you're just assuming that because it's Barcelona. Um, and then what we'll do is we'll come on to you know one of the all-time great moments in Chelsea history and a player that you simply couldn't you couldn't wish it for it for it to have fallen to anyone else. Um, Barcelona hammering at the door. Torres tries to break up field, loses the ball, the ball gets pinged back in. Um, I think it was Ivanovic that cleared it, and, and you know there were shouts for handball. I thought it was Cole, but I may be wrong. Oh, was, it was actually, actually, I think I it was actually Cole, yeah. And it did, you're right, I, no one seems to have so mentioned it, but it did bounce up, and it did seem to hit... I, I didn't realise it at the like, time, but it looked like it bounced up and hit his hand, but not looks, much was made of it, I must say. No, I mean, the, the Barcelona... You know, there was, there was a fair appeal for the Barcelona fans, and, you know, again, obviously being the, the realistic, but slightly doomy person you are you're sitting there thinking oh Christ handball penalty and you know Messi's not going to miss a second one or certainly Javi isn't or whatever but um, the ball gets cleared by Ashley Cole not Ivanovic because they're obviously quite similar looking um, <laughs> <laughs> shows, shows how much I was really with it on the, on the well, night apparently, apparently, seen through the prism of 59 yeah. pints of beer <laughs> so, yeah. that was the, I think that was probably the problem um Ball gets cleared upfield, and um, Gary Neville, before he went into um, to th- 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 throes of, of delirious rapture and um, other stuff that we probably don't want to talk about, the goal um, gets said, Yep, he's in, he's in. And um, I, I simply, at that point, I do not know what I was thinking. I, you know, everyone has written about it on blogs, on, on websites, and God knows what about what they were thinking at that particular moment in time. My first thought was, for fuck's sake, please don't miss this because it will simply destroy you. You know, they will disappear up upfield, they'll score, we'll be out, it'll all be hideous. Um, he rounded Valdez and, well, mm. what more can you say? What more can you say? Well, um, he, he, for me, it was an enormous disappointment because, um, you know, we are the kings of anti-football and surely having rounded Valdez with, own, with the clock running down, Surely he should have Take headed to the corner, corner flag. flag. <laughs> that is proper, yes, proper anti-football. Yes, he should have ran it into the corner. Oh, Jesus creepers was he doing, putting the ball in the net and giving us all paroxysms of joy. I, you know, had I had the presence of mind, had I not over-refreshed myself with Arthur Guinness's finest product, I would have been howling at him, get it over to the corner flag, keep it there for five. Yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah. No, um, Mark, your, uh, your your thoughts on that particular moment, as difficult as it is to describe? Well, it all came as a bit of a shock, to be honest. Um, I mean, first of all, as you saw um, Torres running, you thought, well, he's got to be offside, because the camera was still, still focused on our penalty area, I think. Yes. Yeah, it was a poor... Um, but, I mean, actually, we've got to be grateful that we saw that, because had um, it been on ITV, we'd have been watching the studio of the ITV News <laughs> whilst Torres was scoring that goal. So we've got to be grateful for small mercies. Oh, or an advert for Aldi or something. Yeah. And then as he, um, as he was running up the pitch, he seemed to be getting slower and slower. 
as he was approaching the goal. And I thought, he's so laid back, he's going to fall over in a minute. And then it's... I thought he actually went around the goalie a little bit too early. And, and why the goalkeeper decided to dive and not just keep on his feet is a little bit odd. Mm. But I think he made it really, really easy for um, yeah. Torres. Whereas if you compare, say, George Best going around a keeper... He would leave it until the ball was almost in the keeper's hands and then he'd swerve one way or the other. Quick dink away, yeah. And and, and fool the goalkeeper. And even as he was round the goalkeeper, I thought, is this going to be a Manchester United moment when he's got an empty net and all he's got to do is tap it in, but somehow he'll find a way of moving it one side of the post. He'll clip the post, yeah. Uh, But when that goal went in, I mean, the feeling of relief and everybody in the family in the house sort of screamed out in ecstasy. And at that point, well, we all knew. We were on our way to... That was it. It was. I mean, it, it was fantastic relief in the sense that they were only one goal or Barcelona were only one goal away from putting us out, and that, albeit just for you know two or three minutes or whatever it was, just gave us the relief of thinking they need to score twice, which yeah. you know yeah. they don't look like doing. Um, t- Tony, I, were you actually watching by that point, or were you still no, in, um, in no, a couple with so, Crouchy? Or? Yeah, I was in the cupboard <laughs> with Crouchy, um, uh, making sure that he still got a good touch for a big man. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking of asking. Um, these, these jokes don't get old, honestly. They, they don't, honestly. I, I, I think I'm, I'm also uh, considering bringing Mario Gomez into the cupboard um, so that he can learn what having a good touch for a big man touch. means. Having, having watched him um, bugger, God knows how many chances up last night that that boy had, but uh, he was not he was not on fire last night. Um, well, you, just, you know, to, just to interject very quickly, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. we should always bear in mind that Mario Gomez is the man who scores with his penis. Ah, <laughs> right, okay. This is I, 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 I will, I will, I will simply suggest that you check out YouTube afterwards and and Google Mario Gomez scores with his penis. He right. does. Trust okay. me. Have a look. Um, which is obviously. Obviously, that, a, that is a, a talent. Worry. That's a rare talent. It's, 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 a, it's a serious talent. I mean, so, I know uh, anyway. Gianluca Vialli could score with his arse, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great one. Um, you know, but, I, 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 you know, I, I'm I'm a well documented and um, uh, honest, open, um, out of the closet coward. <laughs> you know, there's no two ways about it, you know. Um, you know, if, if we ever go to war again, you know, I'll be the one opening the door to the enemy and saying, "Please come in and have a cup of English tea with me." And um, uh, I, 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 when I watched it back, I mean, you know, the, not all of the te- the texts I got and the phone calls, I, I, they were all like Torres and things like this, you know. Um, and I couldn't be more pleased for the for the guy. I really, yeah, it, it, um, I, it was lovely to see. You know, it, he was he. It was an it was like a reverse battle of the little bighorn, and there was our blonde-haired hero, not dead, but actually alive and kicking. Um, and I, I thought, well, I, I'm intrigued as to what was going through his mind. Um, you know, a, a mixture of shit. I can't believe this is happening. Well, hey, or or <laughs> oh my god, or whatever. And I came to the conclusion, I think, on both the pieces that I wrote right, for the official website and for ChelseaFCBlog.com. Um, Excellent plug. <laughs> um, I actually came to the conclusion that um, what he had in what he had going through his mind was similar to what Morelles had um, when he scored against Benfica, which was um, 
I fucking hate you lot so much that right? <laughs> um, I am absolutely this is this is no way if this is my last ever kick of a ball for Chelsea Football Club this is going to make my mark and he will be forever remembered for that you know yeah. and, and to be fair you know it's so easy all these all these Weasley journalists and fans of Liverpool and blah 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 coming out going you know and a £50 million repaid he's played bloody well for us this season he's been too yeah. Selfless. That's my criticism of him. Yeah, he's been too willing to. Whether he's trying to curry favour with the squad by playing other people in or not, I don't know. But he looks. Well, I think it's, it's been a lack of confidence. So, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. he's, well, you know, he's he, just he, taken a pump. But... Then, then his cup runneth over with confidence, I should imagine, after doing that. Yeah. Because for him, a Madrid boy. To uh, to uh, to do that to you know as I described it slay the dragon um, in in its own backyard um, you, that can't be that for me that's the equivalent of me scoring against Leeds United you know or, or Liverpool are, are teams that are so vile in my history that I you know just can't imagine that it, it, it's the you know it's the do it for England mentality isn't it and in a, in a in a strange way that's what he was doing. He was doing it for England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did notice actually that, that when he came on, he um, several times, you know, Drogba had been sort of almost playing left back, and he started to slot in there. But in that last, you know, five minutes, there were several occasions where, even when he'd lost the ball, I don't know whether he just decided to stay there and hope for the best, or whether he figured, you know, he could see the coverage was there behind him. But he did, on several occasions, hang out there, you know, halfway up the pitch. And I don't know if it was something that he discussed with coaching staff or whether they talked about it earlier. That, you know, if he was on a bit like Ramirez, you know, he'd he'd have that little bit of pace over the ten yards, but. They'd obviously seen Barca pressing higher and higher and higher up the pitch, and maybe it's his own natural football intelligence. But he—that wasn't the first time he had just hung up there. Yeah, he was just lurking, waiting, he? you know, waiting for just an outlet ball that he could get onto. And um, you know, obviously, Cole did Cole just hoof it and hope, or did he? Did he know where where Torres was? Who know? Who cares? <laughs> Quite frankly, it's, um, it's been one of those. One of the things about games, you know, Barcelona in particular, is that the Drogba is always the one back defending, and we've we very rarely had an outlet. And I think that was maybe, you know, that's maybe the difference between yeah. this was, you know, obviously with Barcelona, especially when you're down to ten men, as you often are, mm. um, the ball is the ball is always coming back. You know, yeah. that there is very very little option to to actually sort of you know give it to someone up the pitch because Drogba is usually back defending. Yeah, yeah. But this time there was actually an outlet, and um, and Barcelona didn't. They didn't seem particularly concerned about it. Mm. Um, so, mm. yeah, good point. Um, I think. I mean, you know, within two minutes of that, we are in another Champions League final, um, which just extraordinary. And I will we'll go on to you know what it all means in in a little while. Um, we'll touch briefly on the players who are going to miss the game, which. There's been a fair bit of chat about it on the blog, and um, 
one of the spokesmen for, or a spokesman for FIFA Pro has said anybody committing a serious offence in a semi-final should be awarded a red card and miss the final. But the offences that result in a yellow card do not justify the serious pun- punishment of missing the match of your life. I think that sums it up absolutely perfectly. You know, if you look at between us and Bayern Munich, the players who have been booked and what they've been booked for. Um, you know, albeit that it, on a cumulative basis, you know, a you know, it, it, irrespective of what it means for our own chances, Ivanovic and Ramirez, superb players through this season for us this season, and you know, thoroughly deserving a place in the final, won't get it. I mean, the guy, um, I can't remember the name of the fullback for Bayern Munich, but you know, he literally, you know, he, he fell as he was trying to block a cross and the cross hit his hand he gets a booking he doesn't play yeah. and it, it all seems a, a little bit over the top and harsh that mm. you would say come on let's let's you know terry fair enough you know it's mm. his problem what he did is inexcusable and you know he, he misses the game that's life but the cumulative yellow thing but as i was watching that game last night jonathan all i was thinking with every um <laughs> play was please book him. Get, get a please book him. And as we, I said, right, we're up to three out of seven, only four more to go. And that was my only motivation. Yeah, no, I must admit. It, it was, for me, it was that's, the ridiculous thing about it was if you compared the two games, um, you know, the night before, which was, uh, I can't remember, saw six or seven yellows and a red or whatever between the two teams. Yeah. Mm. And then last night, uh, with 80 minutes, I think only two players had been booked. Uh, mm. And, and it, it, it seems to seem to show much in the way of consistency, really. And I, 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 I you know, my own, I'm with FIFA Pro, and I said on the very night, I think I might have commented on Twitter or whatever, saying, you know, um, you know perhaps there should be calls. And the people saying, well, they'll never get it in in time. That's bollocks. Michelle Platini's only got to say, yeah, good idea. We want a showcase final. They are changing. They are changing the rules next year, aren't they? Um, I believe in, in oh, the way right. the. I think. I think your cards after the after the um, league section, any cards you've accumulated then get dropped out, uh, and uh, and it's only then right. the, the knockout stage that you accumulate through. I, I think I read that somewhere, but yeah. the no, problem no, you've I got. Your problem you've got is that. If, if people think that their any cards they've got will be wiped out, you know, from the from the fine for the final, then sure. you know you get this, you know, ha- people hacking away at each other. But when you when you look at it on on Tuesday night, Ivanovic got one for kicking the penalty spot up, Ramirez for back chat, Morelos. Yeah, Ramirez was just his same, wasn't he? Yeah, um, Morelos was was you know the guy left his leg there to get. To get a free kick, I don't think he was deliberately trying to get Morelos booked. He left his leg in to get the free kick because I think he knocked the ball too far. Yeah. You know, they were all very minor offences, and right. okay, there was the third cards. So I, I don't know. It's you know, FIFA. You sorry, yeah. UEFA. I, I think had had they maybe like Mark says, you, you really needed Bayern, someone who's got real influence in UEFA like Bayern. You needed Bayern to have seven players missing. Yeah. And then they'd have to do something. Yeah, you yeah, know, three may not be enough. You know, while it, we needed either them or Madrid, whichever team got through, to be basically looking at you know putting out a couple of grannies and yeah. and, and the T boy, and, and you know I, that would have forced their hand. I have I, my my thought my thought process was is that if the two clubs had any sense, they would have been on the phone to each other today to say. If they both approach UEFA 
and say, look, we want the yellows suspended or deferred. Mm. Yeah. Deferred. Yeah, serve, service suspension in the first yeah. game of the next one. And the first game of the next one or whatever it is, okay. Um, what, uh, what possible justification would you have for saying no? Yeah, yeah, we can't start changing are... the rules halfway through. No. Yeah, I don't but think it's that's not, that's... is it? It's not halfway through. Well, it's halfway through a competition. You can't look. The... the rules are set at the beginning. Yeah, it's the catch, and you just got to get on with it, basically. Mm. Well, I, yeah. I, I don't agree. I think that the two clubs themselves agree to it. Then um, has it been done? It, in the past? it doesn't affect anybody else no. at all, does it? It doesn't. I, I don't think it has well, been done. It's in place for the Euros. It's in place for the international for the Euros. Oh, right. Right, okay. That is in place from the quarterfinal onwards. There is an amnesty on the yellow cards, so you know there's a precedent there. And and you know I, while, while I take the point that the rules are there at the beginning, okay, this this rule affects the two remaining teams equally, almost equally, okay. Mm. So even if even if we said look, if Bayern have all three of their yellows rescinded or deferred, and we will have three of ours, okay, and one unfortunate one of those yellows misses out then so be it. I don't, you know, they're a big deal. But yeah, it's, I, it's, I, I, at the end of the day, I, I, I think it's it's bureaucracy and people sit there and I, I get this, people, we, we, we actually work in an environment where we're actually uh, encouraged to challenge bollocks rules like that that are there for no other reason that affect nobody else, okay? And, and no other team in Europe can say, well, that's not fair because that affects us because it doesn't. It affects two teams in a final. That's it. And it could be absolutely Michelle Platini could say, showcase final, we can do this. Let's do it. The problem is in any other final, any other final from then on, you know, particularly if, if a key or favoured player is missing, you know, you've given people the argument. I, you know, I'd love them to, to knock it on the head and let them all play. Of course I would. But I, from an administration point of view, once you once you back down once, then you set a precedent, and I'm not sure if there has been a precedent in the Europe or in the domestic game. I, I, I simply say that it doesn't matter for yellow cards. I, I, red I, cards, I, absolutely bollocks. You hold on, hold on, hold on. I think the point Don has a very good point, and having a little bit of background on the whole legal precedent thing, because I have a mate who works in it, it's absolutely right in the sense that. FIFA don't, or UEFA and FIFA are absolutely adamant they don't like re- refereeing matches after the fact. If 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 a player has committed an offence and it's clearly a red card and it's not noticed, then yes, they can go after him afterwards. They don't like rescind. Well, they won't rescind yellows for the simple reason it's it, it's 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 refereeing after the fact, and they don't do it. And, and it's absolutely right. The legal argument would be we are not undermining the referee in this way the referee's word is final and you know if you do it once it is guaranteed that there will be a lawyer somewhere that will go ah well I found a reason why you can do it again that's the reason why they won't do it I completely understand the you know the the logical uh, it's rational probably, argument it's one saying, another I think one no. possibly to yeah. discuss in a future podcast but they don't like refereeing after the fact but if they see a red card they'll go after it after the fact you can't have it both ways no, you, no, no, you, you, it, your rules should be universal. You know, if if a blatant red card is missed, don't go after afterwards. If you can't be asked to do it for wrong, incorrect yellows, yeah, 
okay, or mistaken identity, then you shouldn't be able to do it for Reds. It's 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 bureaucracy. It's nothing else than puffed up idiots who think they're more important in the world than they are, sitting there making it's it goes along and you've got me on a high horse here with the absolutely fucking ridiculous rule about a yellow for removing your shirt after a goal but apparently not for removing your shirt to swap it after the game when you're still on the pitch under the referee's jurisdiction. Uh, that's, that's a fair point, actually, because I think... Um, I can't remember, I think it was Pavel, ne- didn't Pavel Nedved. I think he missed either a final or a semi-final, or something along those lines, because he because of the way he celebrated a goal. But anyway, yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. It's, it's, it's for a- the, the problem they have, Tony, is that in the back of their minds is next season they have a semi-final say between Barca and Real or you know a couple of other teams who just go at it hammer and tongs and there's blood up the walls because in the back of the players minds are you know if I get a a yellow here I'm not going to be banned for the final or I can appeal you know my club will say well you did it for Chelsea that's what's at the back of their minds not that Chelsea and Bayern are particularly deserving of losing half a team or whatever It's, it's the fact that the, somewhere down the line, when there's a bloodbath, everyone will say, "Well, you know, it was, in the it old was, in the old days, the they, they knew they were on a yellow card and they wouldn't have done this." Yeah. You know, it's it, true. It's one of those really difficult things. I mean, I'd like to think, yeah, they throw in an amnesty because they're changing the rules next season, and they, they could point to that and say, "Well, next season there's a rule change, which means this there isn't a precedent here because now there's a new set of rules." But I don't think they will, quite frankly. I, 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 I think, think you needed you needed eight or nine Munich players and about eight or nine of ours to be missing. I mean, what would really have done they'd, it? They'd have if, five aside. If, if they'd had Real and Barcelona in the final and Messi and Ronaldo and and you know half a dozen of those Herberts had all managed to get themselves booked in, in yeah. a couple of scraps on, on the way through, then, then you would have seen something. Move, but, you yeah. know, was, on that note. I think you're absolutely right, but let's 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 move on and let's have a rant about that another time. Oh, wow. um, yes. I think yeah. what we should do each each of us, um, your player of the t- not just the game, but your player of the tie over two legs. Mark, over to you. Um, well, I, I've got an inkling as to which way you're going, so I'm, I'm nervous about stealing your thunder. Go but, ahead. Um, I think it has to be Frank, actually. Um, I mean, he made the goal in the first game. He made the goal in the second game. I did write him off earlier in the season and was voting in favour of AVB and in the transition, Frank had to go and he'd never be the same player again. And um, I did did him a great injustice. And and he was um, fantastic. And also, towards the end of the game, well, not that... Well, before Fabregas got sent off... He did put a nice um, tackle in on Fabricus when he kicked him with his front leg and then followed through with his back leg. <laughs> and I thought, he has done that. <laughs> he has done that on behalf of all Chelsea fans, not just for himself. I'm sure it made him feel great. Yeah. He made us all <laughs> but feel he gave great. Us all this deep-lying deep role he's playing in seems to suit him. I, 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 I loved it. So well, I'll, vote for, I'll vote for Frank. Excellent. Well said. Um, Donald, your man of the match. Your man of the tie, rather. There are so many. What I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll go... A couple of years ago, when I first got broadband, I was finally able, with deep joy, to stay up till all hours of the bleeding night watching my beloved Canadiens. <laughs> the Canadiens of Montreal. Um, 
go through two uh, playoff rounds when no one gave them a chance and they had a coach Jacques Martin who got this defensive system going and they were regularly like outshot massively they had to play uh, Washington Capitals who were sort of a run and gun team had run away with the, the league that year but obviously the Stanley Cup's the important thing you know they weren't given a hope and they beat those over seven games and then they had to play Sydney Crosby's Penguins and equally turn them over and it was all down you know to, to very very good defensive coaching and a, everyone buying into a system and sitting at the back of it was Yaroslav Halak who you know to this day splits Canadians down the middle should they have kept him should they have sold him Peter Cech you couldn't have done it without Peter Cech he came up big so many times in that game yeah. And I, over the two legs, yes, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm only doing this because there are so many players. But I think you've got to, you know, check. We've had our doubts about him over the season at times, but you know, he he just came up big so many times in those games. Not not those flying spectacular saves, although he did think he got his fingers to that ball and put it onto the post late on uh, on Tuesday. Yes. But over the two games, he came out. You know, he blocked shots. He he looked confident. He came for the ball and took it. He didn't drop anything. He didn't fumble anything. You know, it was that sort of... He, he looked like he believed he could keep them out. And, you know, that I think that was massively important for the team to know that if someone got by them, Czech was on the edge of the box blocking the shot. Yeah, there was, so. There's a great... I can't remember where I saw it, but there's a, there's a great picture of him. And, and it reminded me just... For, for no other reason, that the pictures were fairly similar, of Czech... This sort of raw kind of face on, and he looked like Schme- he looked a bit like Schmeichel. Obviously, you know, different headgear and so forth. Right. But it was it was just that sort of, yeah. you know, I- I'm here and I can do this kind of thing. And, and yeah, an, an absolutely tremendous performance. The wobbly legs before the penalty. You'd like to think the you know uh, <laughs> it was old Grobble RS wobbly leg business he did before the penalty. Maybe just messy. You know, I thought he was an Elvis fan. One of the <laughs> Um, Tony, your your man of the tie, please. Um, okay, and uh, very quickly, just to prove that we're live, um, the QPR Chelsea handshake has been suspended yes. or postponed. It's not going to happen. Thank Common sense that. prevails, eh? Uh, who yeah, who knew? Um, secondly, I, um, I I have tweeted it, um, but I urge you to read Martin Samuel's uh, article today called "No yeah, Travesty." Brilliant. It is a superb. Superb piece of work, um, and hats off to him. I am tainted, of course, by the, the fact that I had to go to the Mail Online. But as Donal said, um, being a good Roman Catholic or a lapsed good Roman Catholic, um, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that um, three Hail Marys um, will sort me out. And a glory um, be. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> given, given what you've been up to with Crouchy in the closet, you're going to need more than that. <laughs> um, there's some things you can tell your priest, there's other things you don't. Um, what I would say. Uh, over the two games um, for me and he will be our biggest miss Ramirez I think the guy started the season stormed away got injured seemed to struggle getting back and since RDM has taken over has been a a marvel I've always admired Dirk Kites you know, in a in a sort of odd way, because the man has got a phenomenal engine and will run. He's a grafter. Yeah, and and we have that with more skill. He's he was fantastic over the two games, uh, and you know, when a player when he could have gone into a, a kind of Gaza like meltdown, 
um, when the yellow card was produced for a little bit of back chat he went up the field and scored mm. and you know um, uh, I, I love <coughs> the other guy I think he's going to be an absolutely massive player for us going forward and, and uh, perhaps that's why I was a little bit ratty about the whole yellow card scene because I think the final deserves players like him and uh, yeah I, I agree I, over the two legs uh, you can't argue I mean he made Drogba's goal um, and he scored a goal that you know had Messi been doing that then then Gary oh, Neville, would have been Ga- Gary Neville's goalgasm would have been you know replicated a thousand times and he's missed some right sitters as well Ramirez yes. you know over, yes. over the period yeah. he's 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 missed some much easier chances than yeah. that and 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 looked a bit looked a bit like flummoxed by I don't quite know what to do and yeah. and and the the way he just it was a bit like the Torres thing on 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 the night. You know, I suppose that's why you are where you are as a sportsman. The decision just to to dink that ball, yeah. you know, if that had gone over the top, or you know, we'd all be going, "Why didn't he take it around?" Yeah. yeah, just yeah. the decision that split second, just to dink it like that, just yeah. astonishing. He, he, know, he, he astounds me because he's that sort of player where, um, you know, for much of the season, he's been battered from pillar to post by other players because he's a bit wiry and a bit skinny. Uh, and he he just gets up. He just he's you know he, he seems to just think all right okay. <laughs> you know you, you never see him no histrionics. He gets kicked up in the air and he gets up and gets on with the game. Um, I read tonight he didn't know that uh, they they beaten Benfica one nil away because at the time he was out on the deck somewhere. <laughs> 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 when when Chelsea, he he was interviewed in Portuguese apparently and was saying, you know, nil nil was a good result for us and the bloke say, No, you won one nil but he didn't <laughs> even know they'd scored. Yeah. I've just I've, yeah, I've actually cool. just heard on the on the grapevine that um that, that Jeff Shreves has um, just told Ashley Cole that he's divorced. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was appalling. I was shocking. Just dreadful. I mean, what? I mean, it's just sensationalist journalism of the worst kind. Uh, so, you know, let's thrust the microphone under his nose now and say you're a, you're adopted son. Yeah, you know. Yeah. These, these the, and the, you know, Serbians aren't exactly known for their you know pacifist nature, are they? Really? I just, I, it would have been more funny if Ivan had just smacked him one. Frankly, yes, and, he couldn't have done. You know, so, then he could have then he could have took the ban, and we always like. Well, yeah, Jeffries. I don't know what got into him. He no. just yeah, stupid thing to do. They just seemed to have to. They seemed to. They had to find pain in in the joy, didn't they? You know, because I suppose Sky had well, broken. You know, they had Drogba swearing in the camera last time yes, and all that yes. sort of stuff. And and they were trying to get some other moment, weren't yeah. they? Because they didn't want moments of Chelsea players running around looking really happy. They had to try and get a moment of misery, and it was just. Garbage. It does, it does Garbage. seem utterly, utterly churlish of them. And and but mm. you know, ITV a week before Gabriel Fuckwit, whatever his name is, um, <laughs> interviewing Frank Lampard after the game, only wanted to talk about Didier Drogba falling down and play acting. Mm. We just beaten Barcelona at home. Yeah, I know. Not, you know, well done. Uh, it's it, like you said. It seems that they just want to find some pain, some some stain, something that will taint what mm. we've achieved. And and uh, you know. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, as the hashtag says, hashtag fuck them all. Um, <laughs> my apologies oh, yes. for the, the rude language tonight. But That's all right. Listen, listen, we've got to keep up our record. Every single one we've done so far has had a, a parental advisory note <laughs> next to my iTunes, So I see no reason why we shouldn't continue in that vein. Exactly. My, my player of the tie, I, I'll echo what Mark says, Frank. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal for all the 
talk of, of all these wonderful midfielders that he was so lucky to be sharing the pitch with Xavi and Iniesta you know he may he may have made about a thousand less passes over the two legs than, than they did but hey let's be honest he made a couple that mattered and that yeah. is simply all there is to it and aside of that he was also sitting deep the, the bit that doesn't get noticed is you know the number of times he, he plugged the gap he, he blocked the pass off phenomenal I, I hats off to the guy I thought a tremendous tremendous performance over the two legs and I would assume that as JT is out he will be the man wearing the armband to lead us out in Munich and thoroughly deserved it is as well I think it yeah. would be um, a big moment in his career and I sincerely hope he can be the man that can um, that can lift the cup for us if yeah. you know if the argument over JT gets sorted which I believe it has been but it, it yeah. has but I still I still think Frank Frank, so Frank deserves to lift it I, I really do yeah. believe he does if, if, if we do go ahead and win it um, we'll talk briefly we're, we're obviously overrunning a bit but hey it's a special occasion so, yeah, you know, so this, this is a bonus edition Mm. We were denied. We were denied extra time on Tuesday. So exactly, you lucky, you lucky, <laughs> lucky listeners. <laughs> Absolutely, there's no no golden goal or any nonsense like that here. Um, <laughs> what, what we're what we're talking about is um, is we're off to Munich. Um, we're in our second Champions League final. For me, this actually feels far more of a. Of, of an event for me than Moscow did because Moscow was too far it was too expensive it's, it, let's be honest it's not in Europe uh, <laughs> and we were playing Manchester United which you know yes. I was surprised yeah. at the end of it was the same but it, it you know it, it, mm. it was a premiership game but this for me you know it was brought home last night where I can't remember where the commentary was or whether it was on Twitter but they were actually talking about a game between Real Madrid and Bayern Munich who have what 13 European Cup stroke Champions League between them and they are playing a game for the right to play Chelsea in the Champions League final yeah and that, that made me sit back and think my god that's really quite extraordinary isn't it this is this proper is, football that's <laughs> so, the real thing and it's the uh, one thing I've, I've always wanted in terms of you know a, a European Cup stroke Champions League final is to is to play one of the real giants of the game and I'm not yeah. having a sly dig at Manchester United because they obviously yeah. are but you know we're talking about you know one of you know one of the winners or the winner of last night was going to be a multiple winner of the Champions League you know Bayern Munich three times back to back Real Madrid nine times you know four or five times back to back that's what the European Cup is about and to, to see us in that kind of company in a final is just it's dream time it really is phenomenal stuff um, Mark you're going I'm going Tony is working on it Donal um, I'm 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 unlikely to be able to get a ticket. Um, I'll have to... I'm thinking about it. I'm, it will obviously have to be a journey undertaken on the permanent way um, or a driving. I, I, the flights flights seem to have gone to a ridiculous price. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to do it by rail, you know, do, go to the Hook of Holland or something and get a train or go to... I'm sure you, I haven't looked into it really, but you could get a train, I'm sure, to Brussels and... Yeah, connection no. on down that that would be the way to do it you know but I'd, I'd, li- I'd like to have a ticket I know Tony's talking about which is a, in many ways a good idea going down there and just being there and watching it on the screens and all that sort of stuff yeah. but I'd probably need to have a ticket to, to make me really go but um, yeah I'd like to I, I miss Moscow um, yeah. yeah I just do well. that all, then I'd be very interested in your um, in your in your train plans because I think you know that may be a better option even for me but uh, yeah. I think like, driving driving isn't 
too bad a one either. I think people are sort of saying it's kind of nine hours from from the from the ferry. You know, if you go into you know Belgium. Yeah, you know, when I was a younger and perhaps fitter, a more adventurous soul. You know, obviously we used to go skiing and you'd head off from London and drive you know all night down to the Alps and so on. So you know, I have I have previous for long distance driving. It doesn't doesn't worry me. It should. Um, it, it should be said that if you could, we could, we could do a podding shed from Munich. Oh, yeah, that would be oh, great. That would be fabulous, wouldn't it? Now that 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 would mm. be good. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, no, I'm 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 heading out on the Friday, coming back on the Monday. I'm making a weekend of it. I haven't got a ticket. I don't know whether I'm, I'm whether I'm likely to get one or not. I, I have no idea. And and it's sort of immaterial. I, I know Munich reasonably well because I worked there for a while, and it's a great city. And um, it sounds very much like the Chelsea army is going there one way or another um, Mark made me laugh <laughs> let's take over music. after when the penalty shootout ended last night Mark being the practical soul he is you know, <laughs> we'll put it straight onto the blog that well this will obviously <laughs> release an enormous amount of hotel yeah. yeah but actually it hasn't hasn't yeah, it yeah it's bizarre it hasn't really but actually if we do the podcast from um, Munich on our mobiles mm. can we use your mobile Jonathan it's going to cost a bit, I think. <laughs> it, might, it, might, it might be a quid or two, mine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I oh, think... Mine's, um, mine's a company phone and um, a Vodafone phone. Yeah, we'll take yours. If, if you don't yeah, come, can we, can we borrow your <laughs> phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, ultimately what we're looking at, you know, I think after, you know, corporates and everything else, there's probably 15,000 tickets, which season ticket holders with the requisite number of points will, will snap up. Um the Germans do football very well whether you're in the ground or out of it and I suspect there will be plenty of screens around Munich for what is it an 80,000 it's, it's about 70 I don't know whether yeah. there's any restrictions on, on so, and it's 17,000 tickets per club that's 34 so it's about half the stadium for the European yeah. family of football as it yeah. would be referred to euphemistically that's, that's, that's about the size of it um, yeah. but um, yeah May the 19th there's, there's a few weeks to go we've obviously got you know, a, a, an FA Cup final, which which seems to have almost taken a back seat now, which which it shouldn't, because obviously it's against Liverpool and um, winning the FA Cup. I think it puts us. I think it puts us on the an equal footing with possibly Spurs in terms of FA Cup wins. I might be completely wrong there, but that would be good just to simply annoy them. Then take fourth place off them as well would be even better. Um, it's it's just a great thing. I can't find any other words for it from that you know we are in another mm. European Cup final stroke Champions League whatever you choose to call it I think the unexpectedness of it is you know, yes is, and what's been really good is we've played Napoli we've played Benfica we've played Barcelona now we're playing Bayern and again I don't I'm sure other English clubs feel the same when they have to play us it, it's it's just not Europe when you have to you know That's play Liverpool or play Arsenal or, or play Man U and I'm sure they feel the same way you know, a proper European competition is you play the European clubs, and we've played, you know, Napoli, who Maradona used to play for, Benfica, Eusebio. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when United beat them at Wembley. You know, mm. whatever the current circumstances, these are. These are if only we'd been able to play We Pestoja or Ferenc Varos in an earlier round, that would have probably <laughs> that would have probably completed it. But you know, it's it's playing all these big name clubs you know and uh, that, that's that's and, and plus the fact that you know we were a gibbering mess no more than a couple of months ago and now we're you know we're probably still only 
a game away from becoming a gibbering mess again. But you know, at yeah, the moment, true. it's just it's just fabulous. You know, yeah. doesn't get any better. Indeed, um, I think on that note, we do obviously have QPR on Sunday, which is well. Not an anticlimax, but there'll be a great atmosphere after this week, and uh, I, I think, think you're right. Actually, yeah, will be I rocking. I think on, be, on everyone Sunday. will be up for it, and it, it would be very, very nice to just plunge them a little closer to relegation. Albeit it looks like they may well avoid it. Um, I mean, I mean, the fact is, is that we're having this massively exciting season in Europe, but unless we win the thing, you know, we could find out. ourselves, which I suppose makes it all that more, you know let's enjoy it while we're there sort of thing because we might not be, there <laughs> might not be doing week. it again for a little while it's a, right. a very good point um, on that note I think we've done about an hour and a half oh, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll 1.22 we're at oh yeah. that's, uh, well, that's, that's not too bad um, I did, to be perfectly honest I can't remember did I suggest a, a, a second order of the podding shed for the best journey to Munich yet uh, uh, no we no, no. didn't right that's, that's the challenge Leave, leave your note on the blog www.chelseafcblog.com you get the order of the podding shed only the second one ever awarded we've not actually worked out what the order of the podding shed is yet but that's kind of immaterial best journey to Munich you know if you're you know, you're having to fly to Moscow and get the train or whatever because it's the cheapest way you can do it then let us know about it it would be great to hear um, Mark and I will be out in Munich it would be good to chat to anyone that listens and enjoys or hates, hates our guts and wants to tell, tell us about it I'm sure we can maybe hook up at some point um, the end of a pretty monumental week can I, um, can I just say from a health, and safe, a health and safety responsibility perspective we don't want people now feeling that they've got to strap <laughs> themselves to the underside of a, an 18 wheeler and go all the way you know, underneath a, a, a lorry or, or something daft like that or if you do you know, it's, it's nothing not to do with us. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's a very good point. Um, the yeah, the end of a, an, an absolutely monumental week. Thank you for listening. If you've managed to, to to stick with the hour and twenty minutes that we've rambled on so far, um, had, if the season ended tomorrow, I think we'd all be very happy and um, have some great memories. But the season isn't ending tomorrow. We've got a long way to go yet, and it could get very, very interesting. Mm. As I mentioned on a number of occasions, whilst drunk elsewhere. If this club didn't exist, you'd have to invent it. And on that note, Indeed. I will say good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.